Man, the Memphis Grizzlies are making the headlines way too many times. Luka Doncic continues his beef with Devin Booker and vice versa. The New York Knicks, yes, the New York Knicks are the hottest team in basketball. I'm Rosa Panda, this is a clinic, all NBA podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Woo, feeling good, feeling great. How about you? Man, I'm feeling good. John, how you living, my friend? Oh, I'm doing good. Let's get it. Sammy, how you living, my friend? The Clippers won a game. Let's throw a party. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Westbrook, let's go. But boys, we got to talk about John Morant. We got to talk about what he's been doing lately. John Morant was on Instagram Live at 519 after his win. Looks like, oh, sorry, a loss against the Denver Nuggets. And... He was shirtless, he was rapping along the music. And then, during the IG Live, he pulls out a handgun with his left hand, continues to dance. And later on, he ended up deactivating like both of his Instagram accounts, Twitter accounts on Saturday afternoon. And apparently, he was doing this all at a very like sketchy location called Shotgun Willies, and we'll get into details about that later. But I want to ask you guys, what do you guys think of John Morant's like behavior on his IG live, and also sort of what you think the Memphis Grizzlies are going to do going forward? Where is John? Who wants to take this bombshell? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'll go first, guys. Uh, I'm going to try to go at it with a different angle compared to what we've been hearing throughout the day. So, first of all, people are saying it's your Second Amendment right to own a firearm. Yes, that that is is absolutely true. But the Bill of Rights have limitations. For example, freedom of speech. You just can't go up to someone and threaten their life. Right? You can't say I'm going to smoke crack and say it's part of your religion. There are limitations to (laughs) the Bill of Rights. So let me just get that straight. Brandishing a weapon, that's when you show off your firearm as a threat or as a form of intimidation. That is illegal. John Morant was at a gentleman's club. The only thing that you should be worried about is not your life. It's your wallet and your ego. And I think... Everyone should be aware of that. So I just want to get that out there. John Morant was the one that had possession of the firearm on his IG live. He snitched himself out, guys. And what was what was this whole point? What was the whole point of this? Like the risk versus rewards. You are in a major business called the NBA. What was what were you thinking? Like, what was the reward of showing the risk of that firearm? So that's what I'll say. And I'll wrap it up with this, John and Sammy. Last week, we talked about how supposedly there were these incidences of John Morant showing his firearm to the 17-year-old that he apparently hit. His PR rep said no evidence that he had a firearm the pacers incident where there was a laser they couldn't fire a firearm 
this whole incident on IG Live, you just lost all credibility. Your whole law team lost their credibility. And now you are facing not just a two game suspension, but even more. So that, that's my whole take with the whole IG thing live, Jin. So kind of going along those lines, going more into the business perspective on this. I get at the end of the day, he's a 23 year old kid. I understand that. But Nike wants to hand him the keys. This was being discussed a lot. If you look at it from the perspective of who's the next big star in the NBA, particularly the next big American star that kids here are going to look up to, buy the shoes of, do that sort of thing. Nike's kind of ready to hand it off to him. The league was positioning him in that way. You know when entities like that are going to pull back? When you start having legal problems and you potentially are going to get in the headlines for all the wrong reasons like he is right now. So whatever you think of his actions from a, it's his right to, like JJ said, there's limitations to your right to carry the firearm to be out at five in the morning. I'm not even going to go there. I have my own opinions about what he should have done in both situations. But from the business perspective, he could be costing himself eight figures, maybe more, if he doesn't get it together. Clearly, and we'll get into this soon, certain members of the team, namely Steven Adams, are starting to take exception to how he's acting. Like, you got to understand, you, you're representing a business now, more than one. And you've got an image to uphold if you want to maximize your income level. And we always talk about with athletes, unless you're a Michael Jordan or Tom Brady type, your career type, it's, it's not like us and what we do for a living where we can work till we're 50 or 60. The average career is going about 10 years. Like you got to maximize that income while you can. And if he keeps making these decisions, then from that perspective, business-wise, he's really going to cost himself. And hopefully this will teach him a lesson and maybe he'll mature up a little bit, but we'll see if it does. We'll see when he comes back to the team and if he's actually contrite or not. Like, I don't want to make light of a situation, but I'll, I'll preface with this. I'll say, I don't think, well, the Second Amendment, like JJ said, right? You have a right to bear arms responsibly. And I don't think that, well, first of all, you have a bear to, to, to bear arms responsibly and weapons, but... I would say that John Moran, whatever he was carrying in that video, was not considered a weapon. If anything, that was like a toy gun that you get at Target. And I don't want to make light of a situation here, but like, let's be real here. Yep. I don't know what that was. And to just do that at a club on knowing that you're on IG Live, I mean, this is 2023. You've seen a lot of people make the same mistakes. You've seen what it can do to your image you can see the repercussion the 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 you know the, the repercussions and the, the reverberating effects of it and I'm, to me it's just where's your where's your awareness right and it, it's like man you are getting paid millions of dollars to play a game you have this privilege that 99.75 percent of the population don't have you are gifted with this ability to do what you love and do it at an elite level and what do you do on your off time what do you do when you're free you do dumb things to jeopardize that 
and then literally it could be taken away from you in an instant. And we've seen that happen with past history with other athletes. I mean, on the top of my head, Aaron Hernandez comes to mind. And I know we're not on the same level of, of Aaron Hernandez, but it's, it's, I, to me, it's not premature to say that he could potentially be on that road to that type of behavior or that type of result because like we've already seen him with a laser pointer. We've seen him have a fight with a 17-year-old kid and punch him in the face. We've seen him brandishing a gun in a club. I mean, it's not like this is just a one-time thing. This has been going on. There's, there's one after the other after the other. And so to me, it's it's really disappointing in the sense that, look, I don't like the Grizzlies. I don't like, I, don't, I mean, I hope they lose. I'm not a fan of their fake thuggish behavior. But at the end of the day, you don't want to see a, uh, uh, an elite talent like John Morant throw his career down the toilet. I mean, we, regardless of how you feel about him, he is an electrifying talent. He's entertaining. He's good for the NBA. He's good for the business. And ultimately, like, why would somebody throw their life away like this, right? And I don't want to be, I, for the sake of being dramatic, guys, I don't want to do that. But like, if he continues down this path, I mean, it's safe to say that he could potentially be throwing his career away. Am I wrong? No, no, no not at all. Like, I think you're absolutely right. I, like, I wish that John ja Morant would have been listening to like more Jay Z or something because he said, "I'm not a businessman." I'm a business man. And that's exactly what like John Morant needs to realize is that what he's doing is that he's destroying literally his whole business, the whole John Morant brand by doing all of this stuff. And not only that, he's destroying probably his life by doing it. And it didn't take it like it took until he had three consecutive incidences, which seemed to all be reported within like a month span. Right. And then he comes out with the apology. And to me, I don't know if you guys believe the apology or not, but it seems very insincere that it takes for for the Grizzlies to suspend you for two games in order for you to finally apologize. Great I don't I don't like that. Like, how about start after the first incident? Maybe apologies after that one. Let me let me read what he apologized for. Um, the quote here is I'm sorry to my family, teammates, coaches, fans, partners the city of Memphis and the entire organization for letting you down. I'm going to take some time away to get help and work on learning better methods of dealing with stress and my overall well-being. What do you guys think about John Morant's apology? I mean, go ahead, Sammy. I just found it really interesting that the approach he took was methods of dealing with stress that was such an interesting choice of words and i'm not saying in a bad way just literally that was not what i was expecting like whether it was sincere or not i i agree with you bro and that it's interesting that this came out right after the suspension yeah you almost wonder if under the table memphis basically said you need to put the statement out like now while, as part right. of your suspension almost the way that Kyrie kind of had to earlier this year I don't totally know what to make of it. This is one of those things where actions are going to speak a lot louder than words. He comes back and we hear something else two weeks later than we know this this was nonsense, frankly. But I, I'm kind of, it's rough. It's a little hard for me to gauge the sincerity because of the circumstance, like you said. Uh, JJ, what did you think? Uh, it's, it's hard. Like what you said, actions speak louder than words. 
what he did was very irresponsible. And this is what I mean by this. Like, you have these kids looking up to you. It's it's one thing to show firearms on social media. If, if you disagree with firearms, that's fine. But if there is a right way, it's through safety and at the appropriate place, like the range. Like when people look up at a uh, Keanu Reeves, and he does John Wick training, that a it's out of environment with um, with the uh, instructors and with safety protocol, right? When you see John Morant, the way that he held his firearm, pointing down with his trigger finger, like not even you know using the right the right way, like on the, on the guard like at, at a gentleman's club it's like dude yeah. like where he's probably or, drinking or he's probably exactly yeah. drinking with people behind you it's like you're breaking all these etiquette unspoken laws within like the safety community and it's like that's the one thing that you need to protect of the nba safety and health and you're not doing that with the nba family and i know we're going to talk about his dad soon but yeah, like you're gonna apologize? Like, I don't know, man. Like, prove it. Prove it. Yeah. So, but since you mentioned John Morant's dad, let's sort of like, let's let's go there. Um, Tim uh, Tim McMahon uh, on the Hoops Collective podcast, he said this. He said, "T Morant, Jaw's dad." needs to look himself in the mirror and I think he needs to be really honest and say it's more important for me to be a celebrity more or more important to be a supportive father. And Stephen A. Smith said this. He said, I would remind you, sir, you are his daddy. You are not his boy. What do you guys think of these takes on T. Moran? I wholeheartedly agree with it. And the reason why, based on what I see, right? Because at face value, that's all we can judge upon. We don't know the relationship. We don't know the people individually. We don't know them on a, on a, on a deep level. But based on what you see on TV, what you see at the games, you see T. Morant dapping up his son and giving him fist bumps and talking and, and interacting with him like you, me, like me, JJ, Ro, Sammy, RJ would interact with each other, mm-hmm. like friends do, yep. right? And to me, that is a clear indication that you can cons- that you your relationship with your son is more on a friend level than it is on a father son level, where there's where discipline, where guidance, where instruction needs to happen. And, the, and as a reminder, John Moran is 23 years old. He is a kid. He is still a kid. He is two years over the drinking legal drinking age here in the United States. And just to put that into perspective, I mean, he is still young. And I'm not trying to justify his actions. But what I'm trying to say is that we've all done dumb stuff as kids. And what the, the I think what the difference is is that we've had the guidance and we're fortunate enough to have parental guidance and friends and family to tell us, hey man, you're acting like an idiot. You gotta stop doing this stuff. You need to go in a different direction because if you keep going in the direction you're going, you're gonna end up in a bad place. 
And we don't want that to happen. You're an adult, but we still, we're still your parents. And from what I'm seeing is that T. Moran is not giving him that guidance that he needs. And that's not to say that John Moran should not be able to make his own decisions and make the right ones. I'm just saying that he also needs, it's clear that he's being influenced. And if he's influenced by his friends and these people that are telling him to do these dumb things, he should be more influenced by his parents, by his dad, by his mom, by whoever is actually the immediate family in his life. And so those are my thoughts. And I, I, I you know, that's just me. It's not a good look when your dad is up in the mix starting a verbal conflict with Shannon Sharp or your mom is in the news starting a fight with someone from Full Locker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's not a good look on the, the parenting, man. And yeah. then you, you have this you have this like what John said, this young adult who, you know, I'm sure my parents and all of our parents here, they still saw us at 23 as kids. Unfortunately, the law doesn't see you as a kid. It sees you as an adult. So one stupid mistake, Sammy, and that's it. And I think that's where his parents need to come in. Like, we're parents, but... And I don't want to... I'm never one to critique other others' parenting, but... When you see the dad on the floor acting the way he is, like what he did in this uh, crypto center, it makes you kind of think, right? For sure. And and I think there there is definitely a couple ways to look at this. And one is what you and John were both saying is that one thing that we have to keep in mind is that the perception we have of his dynamic with his dad and his mom, for that matter, is purely what we hear in public. We don't know what goes on in private. We do have to respect that. But... I'll go back to the other side of this again, just because I want to look at all the angles. The same way I was saying he needs to understand the business perspective. Doesn't it seem like his parents do also? Like what they do also reflects on the longevity of Jaw as a business and how they all carry themselves. And like T getting into it with Shannon Sharp and his mom calling him to battles you know, full locker salesman, like, <laughs> it ain't a good look. <laughs> Nike's not going to be like, buy Josh shoe so you can throw down at the foot locker. That's not the ad campaign they're looking for, you know? So it's it's like something that the whole family feels like they need to understand. Never mind the parenting. I'll, I'll leave that alone for a second. It, clearly on the surface, uh, it does seem like it's it's kind of fueling this whole fire of what's gone on. But just understanding that you as a parent now, when whether you're a parent, you're a brother, whatever the case may be, if you have a sibling, a child that becomes this worldwide celebrity, that puts you in the spotlight too. And it will put you in the spotlight as long as that said other person is there because part of that, the shine from them is gonna come off on you. So your actions are gonna reflect on them. and. Not to go too far in the cross sports, but the same thing has come up with Patrick Mahomes and his brother again recently. Like these are things that are connected, whether it's parents or siblings. And I do think that that's something his parents need to also keep an account going forward. Yeah, I 100% agree with what you guys are saying about T. Morant. I'm going to take us to our next quote here. Uh, it's a Paul Pierce quote about John Morant. 
He said, uh, I don't care what y'all say about Ja. I carried a gun after I was stabbed. Y'all don't know what he going through. Everyone got something to say until you really know what's going on in someone else's life. When you black and rich, you would target, period. What do you guys think about Paul Pierce? Oh, I got a lot to say about this. I was I waiting for go. you to kick this one off, I, please. I, no, no, no. I said I got a lot to say, but I think I'm going to go last because I okay. don't. I think I should. All right. Oh. All right. Well, um, I'll, I'll leave this off then because I can't wait to hear what John has to say on this. Um, this is such a tone deaf comment. Like this would be the equivalent of Paul Pierce having his own gun in that wheelchair when he got wheeled off the court during the game. <laughs> like it's this. It's. <laughs> If I have, like you guys both talked about this a lot earlier, you have the right to carry a weapon on you for protection if you want. That's, I respect that. If you choose to do that, if that's your ways of protecting yourself, that's totally fine. You are within your rights to do that. Jaw flashing a gun shirtless in a strip club is not him protecting himself and carrying it for that way. That's This is a completely different situation. And the fact that Paul Pierce took this angle to try to defend him and doesn't understand that is absolutely ridiculous to me. So, like, I get he's trying to defend another player, but this holds absolutely no water, is my thought. Uh, JJ, what were your thoughts on this? <sighs> exactly. I mean... <laughs> Paul Pierce missed the point. I think that's what it comes down to. No one's saying that John Morant shouldn't be able to defend himself from any life-threatening beings or, uh, you know, things out there. So I don't know why he's saying, like, uh, John Morant uh, should be carrying a gun. We're not... I don't think the public is saying that. It's how he executed this. At a gentleman's club at 5 a.m., like what you said shirtless the only thing that's threatening is your wallet <laughs> and your ego when you leave that club john go ahead and wrap it up well for the sake of time i'll say as a laker fan it doesn't surprise me that a boston celtic said something like this <laughs> that's the first thing wow, wow. the second thing is this is that paul pierce my man well not my man, but I'll, I'll say this. Like, you guys made it abundantly clear, JJ and Sammy, is that he is implying that by having a gun on him, he's doing so because he doesn't, he, people don't understand the pressures of being a star, that there are threats going around, that he could get mugged. This is basically what Paul Pierce was implying. Yet the video clearly showed John Morant shirtless in a club, having the time of his life without a, without a worry in the world. So tell me, what exactly is the threat here that John Morant has by flashing his gun, his toy gun from Toys R Us? <laughs> RIP, they don't know what he says. Like, where's the threat? Is he really that scared for his safety here? Tone deaf, like Sammy said, way out of the park, way out of line, out of yeah. pocket, and that's it. I'll leave it at that. It, I, I, the more I talk about it, the more upset I get. So, come on, let's move on. Yeah, he's de he's definitely wrong, but let's talk about how this reflects on the Memphis Grizzlies here because it seems like 
well, let's start with this. Yesterday, they played against the Clippers. Um, a valiant effort by the Memphis Grizzlies, who had like a 51-point like third quarter. Desmond Bain went off in that game as well. They ended up losing, though, and they are now sitting at 38 wins in the second seed in the Western Conference. And after that game, news says that John Morant apparently had a firearm on the team plane and in which it violates NBA conduct where he could miss up to 50 games. So what do you guys think of the effect it's going to have on the Memphis Grizzlies? Do you guys think that they're going to drop all the way down to like the eight seed, nine seed? Or are we thinking that the Memphis Grizzlies can possibly stay afloat and hold hold the ship intact while John Morant um, goes through NBA investigation? I'll be quick. And I'll, I'll toss it to you guys. I think the Grizzlies can stay afloat just because they've shown it last year without Jaw. They played really well. They almost beat the Clippers, who were at full strength. And I think they're going to stay afloat. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Kings and the Suns passed them just because of how good the Kings and the Suns are playing. So I, I would see them at the fifth seed, at the lowest. But I do think they're going to stay afloat. Thoughts, Sammy? Well, <clears throat> uh, really quickly as well. If it's a short, if it's five games, I agree. Five, six, seven games, I think they'll be fine. If it's discovered he had the firearm on the plane, and this is a 20-30 game suspension, their season's over, as far as I'm concerned. They get knocked out in round one, because if they, let's, let's say they end up at five, they're likely playing Phoenix or Golden State. They stay at two or three, they're getting the Clippers or the Mavericks. I don't think they can beat either one of those teams without Joe. So, I think the, the investigation will tell the tale of whether or not they still have a season, but that's, that's the big unanswered question for me. The variable this time around, John, because I like how you said that they proved it last year without Jaw. The variable this year is that now they have media attention, national media attention on the Grizzlies. And we've even seen the greatest teams who had national attention basically flop because, because of the pressure, the scrutiny, and the after effects of the drama, right? So I don't see the leader, the, any leaders with only maybe Steven Adams, which we'll talk about, that could possibly help this team out because they don't have many vet, many veterans on the team. And we've seen kind of like them do things that we don't really agree with on the court. I'm really interested to see how they'll be able to come above this this drama off the court which is a whole different aspect so i wanted to keep it short but we'll see yeah i agree with you jj they i mean last year they able they were basically able to like sneak up on teams almost you know very unsuspecting but now you have the whole media distraction because every single player on that memphis grizzly team after the game is going to talk about john morant mm -hmm. and what's happening with john morant and the circus around that i don't know man i don't know how they're all going to be able to handle it but not a lot of them to me seem to have the maturity to handle a situation like that they could prove me completely wrong um which would be a pleasant surprise but i guess we'll see but with that we're going to take a short little break with the word from our sponsor 
NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 in the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Well, talking about something else that's bizarre. (laughs) (laughs) The Knicks and the Kings. They're actually really good. They're both sitting at, let's see, for the Kings, they're sitting at the three seed in the Western Conference. And for the Knicks, they are now the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. And I know we all want to talk about the Knicks because they are the hottest team in basketball right now. They have won nine straight. They have not lost since the All-Star break. And it seems like, let's see, every team the Knicks have beaten in their nine-game win streak currently holds a play-in play spot or better. So they're beating actual good teams. And most recently, they defeated the Boston Celtics in double OT, which was a completely wild game. Are we starting to believe in the New York Knicks here as a true contender in the Eastern Conference? I love what they're doing. They are not a contender. I, I just, <laughs> I, I just said it. And here's why. Here, here's why. And I, I, I mean, as Stephen A would say, no disrespect, but here's the reason. No disrespect whatsoever. Exactly. He and I are on the same page here. Do I think if they go into the first round against, like right now they would match up with Cleveland, do I actually think they could beat Cleveland? Maybe. It wouldn't shock me yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. Do I think a duo of Julius Randle and Jalen Burns, who have both been playing great this year, could beat Giannis or, you know, even Embiid Harden in a seven-game series? I, I don't think so. I can't see it. And so that's why I stopped there. I think this is a, a second-round team, which is not an insult. A second-round team in the playoffs, is that's a good season. But this team needs one more piece to put them over the top. Like, I would be so curious what this team's ceiling would be if they made the Donovan Mitchell trade over the summer because they would have kept yeah. Randall and Barrett and trade or excuse me, they would have kept Randall and Brunson and traded Barrett, who has been the clear number three and has struggled this year. So do I like what they're doing? I love it, but do I think they're a contender now? What do you guys think? No disrespect whatsoever. Well one of the things that they are doing differently that under the Tom Thibodeau era, who is known for being one of the worst offensive coaches in the last 10 years is that they are good offensively this year. Their offensive efficiency is seventh in the league. And that is very unusual. It's an anomaly under Tom Thibodeau. And give credit to Julius Randle, who we thought was very glad. His skill set wasn't dynamic like we thought but he's playing extremely well he's being clutch when he needs to be clutch he's putting up he's taking good shots he's shooting the three at 36 percent and then you have jalen brunson their new addition who everybody thought we overpaid everyone on this panel including myself but honestly he's probably paying he's probably worth the contract based on his performance this year and rj barrett Again, young player doing his thing. 
Emmanuel Quickly, the up-and-coming player who showed out last game. And to me, I feel like I agree with Sammy. I don't think the Knicks are a contender just because you have the Bucks, you have the Sixers, you have teams that you feel confident in making that next leap. But I feel like the Knicks made a jump. I feel like they improved. I feel like they've done a lot of good things. And honestly, I'm not ready to call them a contender this year, but I'm ready. I Like, if they continue on this path and they add maybe add a few more pieces or they keep improving, I may change my tune. I may say that they could be one of the top teams in the East in the next few years. Pretty interesting that they won without their best player in Brunson too, which was really impressive. And an overtime win. Um, I'm not much to say other than quickly is really making a case for six men of the year. So we'll see how it ends. And that the Josh uh, Hart pickup, you got to think, Portland, man, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? Yeah, Josh Hart has been absolutely incredible, actually. So his since the All-Star break, his shooting 61.3% from the field, 50% from three-pointer, and then his plus-minus. He has a combined plus 69 for his plus-minus, which is absolutely incredible. So it shows just how well he fits into this squad and you can really see it. You can really feel it, especially with his defense. Um, but I'm going to take us to our next topic here. We're going to talk about Luka Doncic and Devin Booker. The Suns defeated the Mavs. It was a close game where Devin Durant, uh, Kevin Durant um, ended up hitting pretty much a dagger. Everyone sort of expected that one. But during the game, Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving was seen kind of mouthing off at Devin Booker. And Devin Booker, at the end of the game, started mouthing off at Luka Doncic, where Luka could have hit, like, what, a bucket, I mean, a shot right next to the rim. And then Devin Booker pointed at the floor where he tried to shoot it. and was like, you missed it from right here? You missed it from right here? And Luka's had this to say. He said, it's a competitive game. It's all good. Next time, just don't wait until there's three seconds left to talk. <laughs> Devin Booker said, you guys say you don't want every, everybody to be friendly, friendly. There you go. We got some smoke. What do you guys think of this, uh, I guess, this rivalry between these two superstars? Can we please have the Suns versus the Mavericks in the playoffs? Yep. Yeah, put it in the book. And can we please have Kendall Jenner have rumors <laughs> of dating Luka Doncic? <laughs> Go ahead, Jay. I just wanted to add that uh, I love trash talk. I think it's, it's good for the game. I like that they're not buddy-buddy. Or friendly, friendly, as Deepak would say it. Kind of agree with Luca, though. It's like, you're going to talk that smack with only uh, three seconds left when you're up. You got to keep that same energy throughout the game, bro. I'm not, I'm not with that. Like, that's some weak, weak stuff right there. And that's what I'll say. But if, uh, I'll compliment the Suns and say that they do, quote unquote, have a better, they have a, 
good record, a win record against the Mavs, but not when it counts in the postseason. Yeah, I'm I'm stuck on that too. Like, you're gonna talk about one game in the regular season where Durant was the number one player and not you, and you just lost by what was it 40 on a game seven? I just I don't think you can talk yet. That's just where I'm at on it. And on a side note, I like Devin Durant. They used there earlier. I think I'm gonna use that to combine uh, the the Suns now. Bro. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go with that going forward. Um, uh, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's because I've seen too much of Phoenix. I'm already finding that team unlikable. Um, just gonna be oh, real man. with you. Yeah. They've looked good with Durant. They won the first three, but let's keep in mind that they've beaten Charlotte, Chicago, and then Dallas was the first team that is even in the plan as it stands. I'm curious to see this team. They've got a three-game stretch coming up here. Sacramento at Golden State, home Milwaukee. I, I really want to see that. But on this one, I'm with you. I side with Luca. 100%. Agreed. Keep it short. I'll keep it short. Don't talk smack <laughs> if you got beat down in game seven by 40 points. This is a regular season. It's not the playoffs. Talk smack when you win in the playoffs. And just for the record, both of these teams, both of these players have won nothing so far. So if it, it, as far as I'm concerned, both of them can't talk smack. And I will say, I actually want to have a side note on this. Aren't we all glad that the Suns were not able to keep Mikhail Bridges? That dude is straight up balling, balling. in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Dude, like, if he's been so much fun to watch. If they if the Suns kept Bridges and got Durant, they would have been super nasty. So I think I'm thankful for that, at the least. Yeah, if you were watching that game, who who was their um their fifth that was in there? It was like Wayne Wainwright, who oh. just so happened to go off. Yeah, or Wainwright or Akogi, Josh Akogi, one or the other. That is definitely not Mikel Bridges, but that's actually all we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Thank you, everybody. John, thanks for being on. Hey, thank you, guys. Have a good night. And Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Thanks as always, man. Appreciate it. And of course, shout out to our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All MBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All MBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All MBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts. No disrespect whatsoever.